Good evening, sirs and, and madams out there in internet land. Hey, Steve, got one for you. Uh-huh. What does a vegetable get bowling? What does a vegetable get bowling? Well, let's see. There's strikes, bear. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. Don't, don't got this one. Yeah, a spare, I guess. Uh, Welcome, boys and ghouls, to a very little video metal I'm Brian. I'm Steve, and I'm not a fan of asparagus, so that's why I didn't get that joke. You're not? No. Asparagus. You don't like you don't like you don't like the way it makes your pee smell. You're self conscious about the way it makes your pee smell. No, I love I love different pee smells. It's just I don't uh, <laughs> it it doesn't do it for me. I don't know what it is. Like that's actually kind of a I forgot that was a thing that you do. That's that's one of your things. Yeah, I'm a, I'm all about changing my pee to different smells. <laughs> you're a you're a you're a cicerone or a sommelier of piss mm-hmm. like you can like hold a it pisserone. up and, like under your nose <laughs> and you're like ooh, someone got into an onion patch yes. <laughs> just imagine steve at like a like a 4-h club as a kid sniffing little glasses of piss uh, it makes me happy oh. um all right, guys, enough of this piss talk, uh, at least for the time being, because we got a fucking mini so to record here this evening, guys. We are going to be talking about a little movie that that Steve recommended that was not on my radar. We're going to be talking about a brand new flick just came out called Last Night at Terrace Lanes uh, from 20 and 24, um, directed by one Mr. Jamie Nash. Don't know anything about this person, but we're going to talk about the movie and we're going to probably talk about that person. We're going to talk about some other shit. Um, guys, we got a jam-packed episode here uh, of some shit we got to take care of here. Uh, first and foremost, I don't know about you. Uh, but I, I need to get into a motherfucking beer here right now, Steve. What, what are you getting on? Oh, it's back to the dark times. Back to making yeah. Brian angry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, last week you were, you were fucking surprised. Birth- birthday, birthday cake, uh, uh, marshmallow fluff. Uh, what, what is it? Gummy worms. Uh, apple, cinnamon, maple syrup, and pancakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Literal <laughs> pancakes or pancake flavored? Uh, literal pancakes, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. From the, uh, from the Abjuration Brewery down mm-hmm. in McKee's Rocks. You said you were, you, yeah, you yeah. were surprised I wasn't drinking some sort of goof-ass sour last week, so now here is a goof-ass sour. That yeah, you're back on has, brand. Yeah, that has all the things. Comes in at 5%. It smells... It smells really good. It smells like uh, yeah. like just apple cinnamon, like uh, mm-hmm. uh it, it it's punchki season, yes. So there's yes, a bunch of punchkis yes. out there. It smells like apple cinnamon yeah. punchki. <laughs> oh, see now you got me. But then like when I hear that, I don't think like well, I guess apple is a little bit tart. Yeah, it it, so it that could be tolerable. It doesn't taste anything like pancakes, but it tastes yeah. like a nice tart apple ale. I think mm-hmm. if it wasn't as sweet, I think it's still too sweet for you. If it wasn't as sweet, you'd be into it. Yeah. But yeah. The tartness is See, a lot. 
see, these are the types of beers where I'm like, I, listen, I, I don't hate any of the things you're explaining. I love yummy, spicy apple pastries and pancakes. I love all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The problem becomes when you give it to me and you say it's a beer, that just for some <laughs> reason in my brain says that's not what beer is, right? Yeah. If you hand it to me and said, like, this is like some sort of like a, a weird, uh, you know, tiki cocktail or something like mm. that. Like, oh, all right. Sure, sure. You know, yeah, yeah. but it's just like, and I'm not even saying I would dislike it as a beer. I'm just saying like when I'm in the mood for a beer, that's not the type of beer. You right. know what I mean? That, that, that strike my fancy. It, here's the type of beer that strike my fancy. And Steve, I decided to stick with this trend. I really liked it last week. <laughs> I've been just busy as a motherfucker lately. Just, just busy, stressed, overworked. And we've been having this, this little ritual, which is fun of, of after the week's wrapped up, you know, we, I get the kids in bed, we sit down, we crack some beers. We talk about spooky movies. And last week, I just filled a fucking bucket full of beers. Yeah. Right? I thought I'd keep that trend going because I really liked how that felt. But in this instance, I got this here boo bucket uh, oh. from, from McDonald's McBoo bucket here. And, and for those of you who are in, uh, in the Discord, Dan, you could see that. If anybody else is in Discord, if you subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Halloween's forever, you could see my McBoo bucket here. I went with the purple, uh, the vampire. And uh, guess what, Steve? This bucket's full of a bunch of goddamn Keystone lights. Yeah. Um, so I just got a fucking <laughs> boo bucket full of Keystone lights. I'm about to hold on now. Listen to this, son bitch. Pow. I'm about to chug this in you bitches' faces. If you guys were on this fucking <laughs> Discord right now, you'd see me just chug this in your face right now. Yeah. I mean, where else would you <sighs> get a bucket yeah. full of boo bu- <laughs> a boo bucket full of Keystone ices? Hey guys. Hey guys, name one more podcast where someone's chugging a bucket, a McBoo bucket full of Keystone lights in your fucking face. There ain't another one out there, guys. If there is, point it our direction. We'll have a, we'll have a fucking slobber knock. We'll have a showdown. <laughs> Dan in the Discord says the Talladega fans are cheering. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, they are. Um, yeah, listen, if you ain't rubbing, you ain't racing. You guys can't see me right now. I'm putting number three up to the heaven. Praise hell, praise Dale. As always, that's how we do it on this here podcast, guys. Um, speaking of the uh, uh, of the Discord and of our Patreon, not only will you be able to join uh, our other uh, uh, Patreon friends in the Discord when we record live, you get the episodes early. Um, you also you get a bunch of fun stuff. Steve will do reviews and listicles and all types of fun things occasionally on the patreon as well but also you get access to our patreon exclusive podcast called families forever that's what it is it's uh it's it's just about our lineage our heritage we we go on the uh, 23 and me <laughs> no here's what we do we fucking watch all the goddamn fast and the furious movies i gotta watch another one probably tomorrow because we gotta record here pretty soon and I love recording the podcast. I love talking about these movies. And God damn it, I hate watching them. I put it off as long as I possibly fucking can because they're <laughs> so garbage. And if you like them, you have a smooth, smooth fish brain and you're garbage too. <laughs> or uh, if you hate them like I do, you enjoy uh, uh, us talking about them and, and making fun of them and that sort of thing. Or um, so it is a lot of fun. A secret third thing 
Which is your... <laughs> What's this thing? <laughs> Wait, you're just an irony... You, hate, po- you just hate me. Well, no, you're just an irony poison person like me who watches them but doesn't yeah. know if he likes them or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's questionable whether that's actually an existing third thing. Um, anyway, we we do that over on the uh, on the Patreon. It's a lot of fun. Like I said, patreon.com forward slash Halloween forever. Check us out over there. Oh, also, I'll mention if you want to follow us on social medias, you'll see when all these new episodes and all these yummy thingies uh, pop out uh, on the Patreon or otherwise. Go to Halloween is Forever on the Instagram or the Twitters or whatever and follow us. And uh, if you want to write us a review on your podcatcher app, your Spotify or Apple podcast or whatever, write us a review, say a nice thing. Give us the maximum amount of stars. Send us a DM and I'll send you some fucking stickers in the millions, guys. Also, speaking of the social medias. Our lovely social media friends and listeners helped us to vote, and we announced our showdown topic for February, uh, which will be coming up. Holy shit, guys. It'll be coming up the very next uh, 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 episode here after this one. Um, We are going to have a showdown episode. We're going to do a little bit different this time. Uh, Before I say that, I'll remind you, the topic that our social media friends and listeners voted for us uh, was... Stephen King adaptations, so film adaptations of Stephen King uh, works, right? Um, So we're going to do this a little bit different. Uh, Steve and I decided uh, we we like having guests on. Guests are fun. We'll continue to have guests on. But sometimes for the showdown episodes, it's a lot. It's a lot for the guests. They're like three plus hours long sometimes. Um, and uh, and scheduling and all those types of things sometimes are, are difficult. Uh, we're going to continue to have guests on, but we thought, hey, let's try something new for this showdown episode. Let's do a 1v1 between old Steve and myself, but let's make it a tag team match not a tag team in that we have our, our our tag team partners but a tag team match in the sense that our movies have a tag team partner so what we're going to do is both myself and steve are each going to pick two films count them two flickies that are stephen king adaptations and then we're going to talk about those and then our social media friends and listeners are going to vote on the pair that they like the best. So this adds a little wrinkle into the mix, right? This is like uh, when you, when you got a, 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 you know, hardcore Holly and, and, and uh, who was the guy who used to always crash fight Holly. fucking, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they crash and hardcore Holly. They, they used to go out and have a, uh, uh, you know, they'd be having a hardcore match. All of a sudden somebody just say, Hey, fuck it. Throw a, throw a kendo stick in the, in the, and now that's a little bit more ECW, but throw a, throw, throw a steel chair, throw a, just a fucking bucket of tacks in the ring. Let's see what happens, guys. That's what we're going to do here for, uh, for this upcoming showdown episode. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and, and guess what? We're going to pick those son of a bitch in movies right fucking now. Um, the question now becomes, Steve. Who's going to pick first? Who's going to get first pick? Because I, I think we should do it this way. This is and we're, we're, we're figuring this out live, right? Yeah. I think whoever picks first, that's fine. We figure it out. OK. But then the person who picks second also gets the third pick. OK. Yeah. I, I, and then the I person actually who had picks that same first idea. Gets fourth. I had that same okay. idea. I just didn't bring it up. But yeah, but, I agree with that. So, yeah. Little snake, little snake draft situation. Yeah. 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 Do you have a preference? What you'd like to? Would you like to go first? Would you like to do two and three? 
I honest, I I kind of would be okay with just doing two and three. Mm, that's kind of what I wanted to do too. Ah. All right, so that's what we should do here. Is here. Well, this is what we'll do, Dan, in the Discord. Dan's going to help us with this. Dan's going to flip a proverbial coin in his mind, or maybe it is a real coin, right? Dan, whenever you're ready, message us. Say ready. You write down heads or tails, and then. Steve, you're going to call heads or tails, uh-huh. and then if you win, you get to choose your order. Dan, okay. Dan, are you, are, you, are you willing to participate? Dan is ready. Okay. He's ready. All right, Steve. Heads, heads or tails on the, on, on the imaginary coin flip? I would go tails. Tails it is. Dan says tails. Dan says tails it is. Um, Dan, did you, uh, my question is, did you actually flip a coin or was this in fact an imaginary <laughs> coin flip? Because that, that would be interesting. Just for my own curiosity, I do want to know that. <laughs> you um, actually rolled a so, 20-sided dice. <laughs> <laughs> and I had yeah. evens and you had odds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is fair enough. Um, so the question now, Steve, is do you want to stick with what you just said and go for number two and three or do you want to go number one? It was imaginary, by the way. <laughs> Yes. Well, that's fine. Fair enough. Uh, mine would have been imaginary too. All right, Steve, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm, no, I'm going to stick two and three. Two and three. Okay. Yeah. So you get your first I, choice. I got a little strategy that I got to play there here. Uh, okay. I got to do a little strategy then. All right. Because I got two I want. I got a backup. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick the one that I think you would be more likely to pick uh-huh. because I think my second pick, which is really one I want to do the most, I don't think you're going to pick, but we'll see. So with that being said, my first pick is going to be uh, from the year 1989, the year of our Lord. I'm going to pick Pet Cemetery. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, kind of an ex- expected one. But listen, I love the Ramones song. I mm-hmm. love that fucking movie. I love when little kids slash people's Achilles tendons. So I'm going to go with Pet Cemetery. Uh, Steve, Steve, you got two in a row here. What are you thinking? Yeah, uh, I mean, Pet Cemetery was on my short list, but I don't think I think that was more like a number three pick for me. OK, interesting. yeah, yeah. I hope this doesn't come to bite me in the ass here. <laughs> So my number one pick, it's just a movie that I think is one of those cases of it's better than the source material, which is which is so wild to say when you're talking Stephen King. Mm-hmm. But I think you all know it. You all love it. I'm going with The Mist. The Mist. Okay. The yeah, mist. The Mist is The Mist is I mean it's a yeah, it's a short story, right? Mm-hmm. Um uh but yeah, this this goes like I I love I love this movie. We've talked about it a lot on the on the old podcast, I think. And what what year's The Mist from? That's got to be from 2007. Uh, oh, se- oh god, I'm good. I was going to say 7. I love it. Um all right. What is uh what is your your next pick, Steve? You got two in a row. So this one I had kind of kind of flip flopping, and I think I'm actually gonna go back in time. Okay. I thought I might jump forward in time and go with Doctor Sleep. I do mm-hmm. like I do like Doctor Sleep. I like a Doctor Sleep. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna go back. I like in, a Doctor Sleep. Yeah, I'm gonna go back in time, okay. and I know this doesn't matter because. You and I aren't voting this time around. Mm-hmm. This would be a pick that I would pick just to get your vote, just to steal it from you. <laughs> oh, I hope you don't steal my pick right now. But I think I'm going to steal your pick. Fuck you. 
but I, I love a Davy. I love a Davy Cronenberg. I love a Davy. Yeah, you do. You <laughs> son of a bitch. I should have picked that first. I knew I should have. Yeah. Going all the way to the year 1983 for the Dead Zone with Christopher Walken. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, you took my pick. And that was my number one pick, too. But I thought, he's not going to pick that. He's not going to pick that. He's going to pick Pet Cemetery. He's going to pick something else. He's mm-hmm. gonna, oh, boy. Yeah, see, I mean, I thought The Mist might be on your on your list here. Sure was. <laughs> but I did not see you stealing the dead zone from me. Now I'm really questioning my third pick here, which my third pick is still on the table. You know what? I'm going to do this because I like this story. I'm interested to see what what people think about this. You have an 80s movie and a and a and a, a more recent, although 2007 is not that recent anymore. I have an 80s movie, and then I'm going to go for a quite recent one. Um, and I am going to go with a fucking dark horse here, and I'm going to go with Gerald's Game, ah. 2017. Yes. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I lo- yeah. Yeah. I, I can see, I can see that. I, yeah, I. It's got a Mike Flanagan and a Barbara Crampton. It's got a Crampton. It's got a Flanagan, and you know what? It's also um, just a very different feel, right? Than than the rest of the movies on on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm hoping it it stands out for that reason. Um, I didn't want to go, you know, predictable ones. Pet Cemetery, pretty predictable one. I thought the Dead Zone was going to be my 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 uh, my dark horse, but you snatched it out from under me. <laughs> All right. So once again, just to recap, Steve's tag team is uh, The Mist from 2007 um, and The Dead Zone with one Mr. Christopher Walken uh, from 83. I'm picking Pet Cemetery Classic from 1989 and Gerald's Game from 2017, which was, uh, which was also uh, a listener recommendation. I'll be honest with you, that one was not necessarily on my list like i i mean i i like the movie and it should have been on my list mm-hmm. but it wasn't necessarily something um that i was thinking of uh but uh let me see jose on 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 the instagram um which is uh oh i don't know how to say what his uh, handle is uh jose you can tell me um it's a bunch of letters. Anyway, he suggested <laughs> it to me on the instagram and then it got me thinking about the movie and i said to him Actually, I'm going to do, I think I'm going to do Dead Zone. This was before we decided to do the whole, the whole tag team thing. Yeah. And he was like, oh, that's a good pick. That's a good pick too. And then, hey, here we go. The, uh, the suggestion came to fruition. So, um, all right. Uh, once again, that's going to be our showdown topic for, uh, uh, for, for next week, for February. So that'll be a lot of fun. Okie dokie. Um, we got all the stuff out of the way with the things. Besides, I'm going to get after this fucking Keystone Light real quick. Let's get into this movie, Steve. What what brought this movie on onto your radar? You're not hearing a lot of buzz about it. Um, yeah. So this but this movie is still. I mean, as of recording, it's still on kind of like the pay service side of things. So I'm noticing mm-hmm. like a lot of movies nowadays they get a release that is like on Amazon. If they if they don't go into theaters, they get a release that's like on. Amazon and Voodoo and everything. And then mm-hmm. it gives them a grace period to like get some rentals and buys off of that. 
before they head to a free service like Shutter or Tubi or something like that. So mm-hmm. this movie's so new that I think we're still in that grace period because another movie, and we're talking about Barbara Crampton, um, Suitable Flesh, just hit, just yes, it just hit Shutter this week. Mm-hmm. But like it was on Amazon, like I had watched it before on Amazon. I have not uh, watched it yet, but that one I've heard a lot about. It's yeah, it's really good. Well, I mean, of course you heard yeah. about that one because it's Heather Graham, it's Barbara Crampton. It's uh, Joe Lynch directed it, and um, it's it was supposed to be Stuart Gordon's last film. Right. So, yep, yep, yep. yeah, that's why you hear a lot about that one. And I, I completely suggest that that movie rules so hard because it's so horny. It's so out of control. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a Lovecraftian horniness, too, yeah. which is just like an extra type of weird, forbidden, repressed horniness, probably. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, I, I that's one's been on my list uh, as well. And I've just been cheap and haven't bought it because, uh, you know, waiting for it to come to shutter or whatever. But yeah, but coming back around. So I think we're kind of in the same place right now with last night at Terrace Lanes. It's in this position where you can buy it. But I think eventually it'll either hit shutter or screen box or Tubi, and everybody will be able to watch it more accessibly. But this is your you know, th- this is everybody's ground floor. You get in, you get to hear about the movie now. Uh, it yeah. just came across my radar because I was looking at what's new and then I saw bowling and I was like, oh, new horror and bowling. Let's do that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm on board. Listen, you had me at bowling. We were talking about like, you know, three or four movies we're going to do. And you said that one. And I was like, is this a bowling? But yeah, all right, let's fucking do it. I love a bowl. I love first of all, I just love bowling, but I also mm-hmm. love a bowling alley. I just yeah. love the smell of it. I love just a drinking, you know beer from dirty draft lines, eating fucking jalapeno <laughs> poppers and mozzarella sticks, and then getting your hands all greasy and wiping them on your pants before you go up the bowl. I just, I love that, that whole vibe. Yeah, so this is directed by uh, one Mr. Jamie Nash. Was looking through the IMDb, uh, got a bunch of different credits, most primarily writing credits, but has, has, uh, direct, has six directorial credits as well, including, oh, what are we thinking here? One, two, three, four, five uh, feature length films. Um, I'm not familiar with any of them. Uh, <laughs> the, I mean, a couple of them are, were fairly well received. One called Para Abnormal. That's a tough title. Um, well, that's actually just a video. That's some sort of short from, from, uh, 2009. So I take that back. Uh, it looks like maybe three, three or four, uh, feature links. Any of these strike, uh, uh, recognition with you? Not really. No, I thought I had seen a comedy of horrors volume one. I mean, mm-hmm. cause it's just, it's just like an anthology series. Mm-hmm. So Jamie Nash has a. I think what I recognize it from is because Henry Zabrowski's in it. So, oh, there's a chance I might have seen it or at least, yeah, heard about it for that reason. Right, right. So I think that's what I'm thinking of. But like, uh, yeah, Jamie Nash has a segment in that that he directed. Uh, I think he's probably far more known for like his writing. And he has like uh, he was one of the original story writers for. Uh, the WNUF Halloween special. Yeah, I saw that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, as well as uh, he wrote a segment in VHS too. So I think that's yeah. probably more what people are going to know him from. 
And then uh, he was also a producer on the uh, recent film Satanic Hispanics, which is another anthology film. That's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I suggest that. Go check it out. I haven't seen that one either, but I've heard people talk about it. And WNUF Halloween special. I I got turned on to that on the on the Twitters in like, honestly, I don't even remember what year it came out. Uh, 20. Uh, I don't remember what year it came out. I have to look it up here. I'm, I'm off on a different page, 2013 a different rabbit hole. 2013. I was going to say, cause I feel like I heard about it in like 2015. Cause it was like, mm-hmm. right. It was when I lived in Milwaukee. Okay. And this was when like the people were still like passing around VHS copies of it. And you could like, <laughs> you know, I don't know if they had like a GoFundMe type situation or something. Cause they did like a limited VHS release of it. And I was just like, Oh, I can't wait to see that. And then finally when it came to streaming, um, I, I was really excited about that. Cause it was really much the, like, I feel like there's been quite a few kind of, I don't say, uh, copycats because I don't want to sound negative, but I think there's a lot of people who have, who have made similar works that that are heavily influenced by that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it felt like a little bit of uh, not 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 the first you know mockumentary or or spoof type of thing of, of a of a newscast. But um, what was the British one? Ghost Hunt or whatever what, what was that one that was from the, like the 90s that played on uh, network TV and freaked everyone the fuck out. Oh, um, I don't remember. Go. Oh, I'll think about, I'll think of the name. I was saying ghost hunt anyway. Um, yeah. So it's not the first to do those types of things, but, but definitely, uh, brought it kind of into the zeitgeist in recent, recent years here. Um, well, cool. You know, so, so this movie, um, I would say, I don't think there was anybody in it that I like immediately recognized, uh, pretty unknown cast, I would say. Um, anyone in particular that you were like, Hey, I've seen them in something else. I don't think anybody really jumped out at me as recognizable. Uh, no, nobody was really recognizable. I looked up, uh, kind of who the two leads were. And, uh, mm-hmm. the one is Ken Arnold, who is Bruce, the bowling alley. Like, uh, he's manager slash, you know, maintenance slash, you know, bartender. Uh, right. he's been in a couple things. He was in. Jamie Nash's last feature. So he's uh, so he was in a comedy of horrors. So I imagine mm-hmm. that's you know where they kind of met up. Um, he was also in Satanic Hispanics and he plays Buzz Aldrin in Men in Black 3. So that's. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, he's got a Buzz Aldrin look to it. I yeah. can see that. I yeah. Can see that. Yeah. Once I saw that credit, I was like, oh, yeah, I get it. And then the other is <laughs> uh, kind of our main final girl is uh, uh, Francesca. Capaldi uh she's just been in she was like a child actor so mm-hmm. she was in a bunch of she was in a bunch of kid shows and she also was like in, uh she was the younger version of Allison Hannigan's character on How I Met Your Mother oh okay yeah so like if yeah, they, anytime they flash back to when uh, you know Allison Hannigan's character was a kid she played uh, she played the the kid version of her I don't know that I've ever watched more than 20 seconds of an episode of that show. Mm-hmm. People really love that show. I've never, like I said, <laughs> never watched an episode of it. Yeah. Um, not not necessarily intentionally. It's just never something that's been on my radar other than just generally what's in the zeitgeist. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those sitcom things where like if a sitcom doesn't hook you and, and just like occupies your time and becomes mm-hmm. a habit it won't become a habit for you. 
Yeah. You know, so like, like I know plenty of people who got hooked on like two and a half men. And <laughs> I like we went we were out for a bachelor party. And so we were in a hotel yeah. room. And like while we were waiting, it was you, you and Charlie Sheen. Yeah, it was me, Charlie Sheen, the other guy and the other guy and Ashton yeah. Kutcher. But no, like, it, was, right. it was like me and my friends and we're sitting around and, and like all my other friends were into that show. They put it on. I'm like, what is this fucking garbage you guys watch? <laughs> like, <laughs> I know Dude, my, my parents watch that and they watched, they used to watch, um, Oh shit. Uh, uh, big bang theory. Yeah. And I would just like that, that, I mean, occasionally that show will have like a joke. Um, but I'm trying to, I'm struggling to think about the two broke girls was the other one they used to watch. Oh yeah. And, and like, yeah, as much as, as much as big bang theory is not my cup of tea. Like if it's on in the background, you're over there or something, you listen to it. Oh, okay. I could see why somebody would think that's funny. Two broke girls makes me want to cut my own jugular. <laughs> it's the least funny show I've ever been exposed to. I mean, two and a half men's right there too. Yeah. I mean, it's anti funny. Like, um, it, it's it's the only time I can imagine it being funny is if I was like super high and it was just I was laughing at how not funny it is. Like that's the only <laughs> laugh I would get out of that show. Yeah. I'm not even trying to be like snooty asshole. There's plenty of sitcoms i like but there's uh, that show in particular is just you just wind up laughing at your own silence <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like you laugh at the fact that yeah. you're not laughing <laughs> yeah the cringiness of every fucking line yeah um <laughs> i can see that it's not even charlie sheen it's the fucking other guy oh okay was it like uh, the, it, it was john crier right the from john crier from the yeah. john hughes oh. movies back in the day holy shit Holy shit, that guy's not funny. Um, he's on a new sitcom too now. Uh, he's people. People love him. People love him. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. Anyway, uh, not really anybody else. Like I said, that recognize pretty, pretty, uh, pretty unknown cast here, which which I tend tend to like. Mm-hmm. You know, it lets me to kind of kind of sink myself into it a little bit more if if no one I recognize is popping up. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, uh, Ken Arnold plays Bruce. Francesca Capaldi plays Kennedy and they're a, a, a father daughter kind of duo, although you don't necessarily know that right off the bat. Um, the thing opens up with this cult group uh, of like masked cultists. They're wearing like sweatsuits and these very generic, like uh, almost mannequin type masks that Frankly, I I feel that this type of mask is the modern day equivalent of like the generic Jason mask that everyone would just wear, like yeah. to represent horror. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when 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 we were younger, it was just like, oh, you could go to any CVS and pick up a shitty, you know, frisbee turned into a fucking Jason mask that didn't even lay on your face right. And if someone was putting together something really cheap and they wanted to communicate horror, they would just throw one of those on, on somebody. Now this mask is that right. This just like shapeless, um, kind of, uh, 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 just emotionless plastic, you know, mask that you would almost expect someone to wear. Like, I don't know, for some reason it always reads as like vaguely medical to me like somebody would wear it after they had like a 
like a nose job or something. I don't know. Um, it, so yeah, it it comes off as like a heist mask almost to me. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. 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 There's uh, there's, it reminds me of the, the movie dead presidents, uh, Mm. because of that. But yeah, I, I don't mind, I don't mind the mask part, but I was actually really excited for all the tracksuit stuff. Cause I, (laughs) when I watched the trailer, uh, mm-hmm. before, before I suggested, I did watch the trailer. I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, bowling alley, check. Heaven's Gate, Killer Cult, double check. Let's go, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this sounds, this sounds fantastic. Yeah. And, and the, the, you don't, it doesn't come right out and show it, but the, the, the body language, the, the body types, the, the movement, the voices, the cult is essentially made up of teenagers. I think it's pretty fair to say young mm-hmm. people. Maybe not teenagers, but like the the peers of the the, the you know the main protagonist and and her you know friends and acquaintances, and you just get this intro where it's like, hey, people in masks driving in a car, they're listening to like some sort of recording or 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 perhaps like a CB radio of some uh, cult leader saying very kind of generic cult leader things. Um, they abduct a guy. And just off the street, like just pop out in a van, grab him up, take him to some location and just start emptying his guts out. And I'm like, oh, man, we're going zero to 60 here. I'm very excited. They're like weighing, I think, his guts and different like organs and things. Yeah. And then like seem to be doing some sort of math equation or perhaps like triangulating a map based on the figures they're getting from like weighing his organs. And I'm like, fuck, this is going to be like fucking wild. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm real excited at this point. Yeah, uh, that, that was that was my first note. <laughs> weighing organs, plotting out map coordinates to a bowling alley is wild. <laughs> It's like yeah. my literal note. <laughs> yeah. And they get and and ultimately you you learn, you know, it's pretty clear. It's made apparent that the the area that they have chosen or that the, the whatever fucking weird uh undoubtedly made up, but also like oddly meticulous methodology that they're using takes them to this bowling alley. Um, now we cut to, you know, two of our, our main characters here. You've got Kennedy and, uh, and her new friend Tess, um, and they are sitting in a car and you get vibes right off the bat that they're they're This is a new relationship. Um, at first you're like, oh, they're just friends, but then you're like, okay, it feels like it's a date and they do do a pretty good job of kind of letting that be vague and then you kind of come to realize that like that kennedy thinks it's a date uh maybe tess is thinking it's a little bit less formal than that um but they were planning on like going to dinner and then tess surprises him by saying hey we're gonna go to this bowling alley Mm -hmm. kennedy is very anti going to the bowling alley and we don't really know exactly why yet you just think in uh, initially it's because she was hoping for a more more romantic date type setting um but then we come to to quickly find out that it's because not only does her dad work at this bowling alley, but she kind of grew up in this bowling alley. Right. Um, and, and she's a little bit embarrassed by, by her dad and, and by her, you know, her, her upbringing in that sense. Um, Tess also, in, uh, invites 
two of just the biggest douchebags ever, <laughs> which are apparently friends of hers. Um, and then there's also a little bit of a, yeah, like a little bit of a romantic, you know, I don't say threat, but like a, almost a love triangle thing where like now Kennedy is worried that the one guy, you know, is the love interest of Tess and she seems to have, you know, a thing for Tess. So there's a little bit of, uh, of tension there. In any case, um, you see as they kind of go up, the friends show up, these two guys, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. Well, one of them's a jock. I, I didn't even write his name down. Um, he's uh, a terrible, terrible actor, um, has super annoying hair, does not sell jock at all. Like he's theater <laughs> kid through and through. Like it does not read jock. Um, and then this other kid, Cody, who at least has some funny lines. And he calls people cucks a lot, which is which is pretty funny. I, don't I was know, the way he does it. I was kind of funny. I was kind of bummed that we didn't have Meg on for this episode. Like when he delivered the line, <laughs> I forgot she had that whole. She went through a phase where she was calling people cucks all the yeah. time too. Yeah, I forgot but about it's, that. It's his one line that's such a standout. Is after they all get their shoes and they go bowling. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kennedy is faking like she doesn't know how to bowl, so she's throwing gutters. <laughs> So they start talking about getting the bumpers up for Kennedy because she sucks at bowling. And right. Cody goes, bumpers are for cucks. And uh, and you know what? I agree. Yeah. I don't care. Like, yeah. I, I write that down too. Bumpers are for cucks. Yeah. Cody calls everyone cucks. Yeah. Like, that's, that's my note. Yeah. But as uh, soon as he said it, I was like, oh, a great line. fuck, we should have had Meg on for this episode. I didn't know. <laughs> Yeah, that should be a shirt too. Bumpers are for cocks, and yeah. it's just a ball. It's just a bowling pin and a bowling ball. Um, anyway, um, let me crack an ironies here. Keystones. Um, so uh, as they're kind of going into the bowling alley, then you see the the cults kind of lurking around outside. So you know they're like, hey, they're here. So danger is on the horizon. Um, you get intro to to the to the alley regulars um that are uh, we, we learned that this is the last night that the bowling alley's open this is this local landmark is closing this is the last night they're open so everyone's kind of dealing with that in different ways you know some of them are just kind of like drinking some of them are are are, are kind of like super depressed other ones are kind of like trying to look on the bright side but you get introduced to all these regulars and employees and and all this stuff and then you get introduced to bruce who who is uh um kennedy's father who is the yeah the all-purpose kind of manager slash maintenance guy you know he, he's been there forever right she sees her dad she's trying not to let on in fact she texts him and says like let's like pretend you don't know me kind of thing. So she's being, she's being a real, real dick right off the bat. Um, there's also this guy, which is never really explained. I mean, I guess doesn't need explained, but there's a guy who's in like a bowling pin costume, like a really shabby bowling pin costume. Yeah. And he's supposed to be like outside, like attracting, you know, people or, or whatever to come in. Um, but it, it, you never really see his face. No. Um, and, and, and he's actually, <laughs> I think, the first person that's killed. Uh, but he comes up for it. There's a couple bits that come up later on with him. Yeah. I, um, I, I looked it up and he's actually pr played by one of the producers who is also a producer on Satanic Hispanics. So I think mm -hmm. he's that's why he's in this. He's just a guy filling a role in a suit like he's not. <laughs> right. You weren't supposed to get that much out of it, but you were supposed to get 
you know, the weird imagery of a bowling pin killer later is what you get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so then the cult shows up and they just roll in uh, with all their their like teal fucking sweatsuits or whatever. And just everyone just generally seems pretty um, uninterested. One thing I'll say about this movie, the sense of like space and and the character's awareness of other people in their little world of this bowling alley is extremely just nebulous. Like this bowling alley is almost like a weird like vacuum that yeah. just sucks people in and then everyone's just floating in their own little space and not really interacting unless the story calls for it, which is which is kind of weird. Um, and I'll talk about it. it gets even more dramatically so later on. Um, but the dad, Cody, the, the one who calls everybody cucks is kind of being an asshole. And the dad like threatens him and just like, uh, I don't know, grabs him up by the shirt or whatever. And then the cat comes out of the bag that Kennedy is is her his his uh, daughter. And uh, and, you know, whatever she was hiding that we then get to to Cheryl, who's the owner and, and Cheryl's kind of given Bruce this like pep talk in the back. There's a there's a lot of scenes, frankly, they're like really, really dialogue heavy. Yeah. Which is not that not that bad, but like they just, you know, they they definitely feel a little padded at times. Um and, and this one is it does serve a purpose because Cheryl's kind of talking them up and then she's like, I'll go deal with whatever. You stay back here and cool down. And by cool down, it, she just gives him a bottle of whiskey. And he goes back there <laughs> and just starts drinking. And, and and puts headphones on is just like air drumming and just like having a fucking little party by himself uh, yeah. in, in the back room. So this all just serves the purpose of uh, get him out of the way. Right. So shit can kind of go down in the bowling alley. Yeah. Well, it, it gets him out of the way, but also it starts to kind of, I mean, it further enforces the idea that he's a loser. Well, like, yes. and that's and that's kind of important to the dynamic between him and Kennedy as father yeah. daughter is like he's been a loser the only thing he was good at in her life was being a bowler and being a bowling partner other mm -hmm. than that like he's just been this old guy working at a bowling lane you know wound up losing his family is a drunk uh and just you know it, generally kind of a man child uh so yeah. yeah the one thing i i felt they missed out on though I, I mean, not the one thing. I think there's a couple things this movie kind of misses out on. I think it's I think it's good mm -hmm. overall, but like there's just like little things I was thinking about. I like, oh, I wish they would have. <laughs> one of them was I wish he had a pin that was hollowed out as a fucking pipe or a bong. <laughs> oh, he should have smoked out of a bowling pin. Yeah. yeah. Why are we not smoking out of bowling pins? This movie is is weird. We'll talk about it a little bit more later, but like this movie almost feels like it could be a um like <laughs> take just a couple of scenes out maybe a couple of crude jokes out and this could almost be like a pg-13 movie mm -hmm. like it's not there's not a ton of violence there's not a ton of it's just a, not, not a ton going on in in that sense um yeah. but yes so you, you get this scene in the back room when the guy in the pin costume is is banging one of the i think she's a regular I, I don't think she works there it's just that's the place she hangs out at all the time that's where she gets her fucking booze at and you know i think yeah. 
I think between Brian and I, maybe it's not as clear to the listeners, especially if you're a new listener, but Brian and I are in Western Pennsylvania, and I can guarantee we can both name five bowling alleys off the top of our heads if we need to. And we've all Mm -hmm. been drunk in those bowling alleys, and we've all been to those bowling alleys. (laughs) They all smell like smoke. we've all picked up sex workers at those bowling alleys. (laughs) Or at least know some. I I, uh, was at a bowling alley. Um, uh, I was a a member in a league at a bowling alley Mm -hmm. up until very recently that was not as nice as this bowling alley in this movie. (laughs) I I mean, Uh, same. I've been, uh, I don't know if you've ever bowled Fair Oaks and Ambridge. But oh, I have. I was at a birthday party, or at least probably multiple birthday parties when I was a kid there. Yeah, well, I was in a league at Fair Oaks for a while, so <laughs> it's there you and go. you know how dirty and shitty that place is. <laughs> yeah, I was at Sims, Sims Lanes, mm-hmm. surprisingly like top tier bar food at Sims Lanes. Mm-hmm. Like not not sandwiches necessarily, but like the fried food, oh, yeah. Yeah, the apps. They kill it. They kill what's it over the, there. What's the one in Aliquippa that also has the fallout shelter in the basement? Oh, um, something, I keep want to say Rose something, but that, I don't think that's ah, right. Fuck. Um, but that's another one that has like good food and is strangely known for its pizza. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. You love, I love a bowling alley pizza. Hell yeah. Anyway. Um, she- Sheffield Lanes. Sheffield Lanes. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so. Uh, like I said, there's a lot. So like Tess is like, hey, you lied to me. And they have Tess and Kennedy kind of this like heart to heart. But then they they uh, they get over it pretty quickly. And like, there's a lot of kind of sexual tension um, uh, between between them. The cult comes in and then they finally uh, shut the doors and like chain them up. All of a sudden, like 20 of them come out. Right. Yeah. And you never really was clear how many there were. You kind of thought maybe there were like five. But then like. 20 of them show up and you're like oh fuck like this is this is overkill there's there's way way too many of these people um they come out um immediately off the jock by just throwing a hatchet into his forehead which i <laughs> I, I love it just an unceremonious death to like a to like a character you kind of don't like already you know what i mean yeah. I'm, I'm always a fan of that and 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 it does beg the the question though is like why did no one really notice up to this point that there were that many people there wearing matching suits and masks and had like big duffel bags? You know what I mean? Right. Like if there were four, you'd be like, oh, that's a weird birthday party or something. Hey, who fucking yeah, knows? Yeah. Right. But there's like they're like 20 of them right now. Yeah. So um, um, and they and they all have like Casey Jones style weapons. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not like they have like pull out <laughs> guns out of their pockets. They have like fucking you know, uh, cricket bats and shit. Yeah, mon- you know I mean? Monkey wrenches, you know, like a big giant. <laughs> yeah, one of them wrench. has like a giant pipe wrench. Yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't make it. Yeah. yeah. They all have, they have Casey Jones fucking weapon stash. Yeah. I, I'll say like, so we get an, an initial kind of shot of like four of them showing up and just like being weird with the shoe rental guy. But then like mm-hmm. it's, it's their watches. Cause they're, they're all timed. They're timed for events to happen, which yeah. is important for the film. But they, the, all their watches go off at once. And then that's when people start looking around and realizing how many of them are in track suits. But then yes. they see all the ones that are in track suits like on the lanes. But then I, I really like the shot of all the ones that start climbing out from behind the pins 
Yes. Like, like I thought that was really lanes. cool. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And then because it just establishes like, oh, everybody in the bowling alley is now surrounded. I was like, mm-hmm. that's cool. I yeah, do they like kind of come from all. You know, it was good. And they come. Yeah. So they're coming from all angles kind of thing. And then you hear this like cult, you know, the cult leader is talking and, and he like he's walking around. They never explain it. It really doesn't matter, but it's just like a quirky little element of his character is he's got this little like kind of charm. I would say, um, it, it almost looks like a crystal or so, or so. At first I thought it was like a shark's tooth or something. Right. But it was like a crystal of some sort, I think. <laughs> and he, he's waving it around. almost like, a, like a dowsing rod type of thing. And the dad is, and, and then shit just pops off. They just, they, they go on a big murderous rampage. They start fucking hacking people up, smashing people with wrenches, fucking everybody up. The whole time the dad is in the back room, just like air drum into rush or whatever. And, and he's hammered, right? This was a part where, and, and, this it gets worse later on, but this is one part where it was noticeable, but it gets way more noticeable as the movie goes on. There's a lot of off screen kills and violence in this movie. Mm-hmm. They don't show very much. Right. Um, for, for what they set you up for in the very beginning with the weighing the guts and all that shit, they do not. Um, they don't really that doesn't really pay off, you know, mm-hmm. they, like they don't they don't do much of it at all. There's a lot of shit off screen, like disappointingly so later on, I would say. Um, yeah, there's there's a couple but, bits that are just like the, the movie feels like it needs maybe just like one hundred fifty thousand dollars more for mm-hmm. effects. Just just yeah, just. It's a it's a fine movie. It's just like it needs just it just needed a little bit more of a cash injection to pull off like those memorable effects, because that's what this real film is missing is like it's missing that memorable bowling violence is what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a couple little ones, but they're like they're really quick things. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's noticeably missing, um, especially because the movie looks good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you could say like some of the acting is 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 sketchy. The di- like some of the dialogue's pretty sketchy, but it's like fine. It's a low budget, you know, uh, you know, kind of indie film. But the thing that that is that is like a disconnect for me is it looks really good. Cinematography's good. The lighting is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, everything looks good, but then there's really very little in the way of of, of effects yeah you could tell they just didn't didn't have much budget for for that unfortunately yeah yeah that, um yeah that's so. and that's just kind of the bummer of it like i still think it's a fun watch and it's only an hour 15 so still check it it's out tight yeah, yeah it's so quick. check it out it's a quick movie um but yeah it just, it's one of those it, it's so noticeable i will say uh it's Although it does happen early in the film, which is what we're talking about is how like the things at the end, like what should be the punchlines at the end don't pay off. But mm-hmm. there's uh, there's an early one I like that's a pretty good gag is mm-hmm. it's when the bowling pin is killed in the back room. Yeah. One, it's just a funny scene because it's a bowling pin with his pants down wandering around in the dark. That's funny to begin <laughs> with. But then right. he gets stabbed with a machete through the chest through the back. And it starts squirting yeah. out. And then as the blood is squirting out of his chest, there's a hard match cut to ketchup being squirted on fries by the cuck kid. Uh, yeah. And that's yeah. Just, it's just I like that. It's just very funny. It's like, oh, like I was so, I was super 
you know, pumped at this point because it's like, oh yeah, we're doing dumb jokes. We're calling people cucks. Mm-hmm. We got bowling pins getting killed. Let's go. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with this movie and I'm not saying I didn't overall, but like, you know, my enthusiasm waned, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, as the movie pressed on. And this is, uh, this is one of the, one of the, um, yeah, this is, you know, I'm still riding at, riding high at this point. Um, there's a line that I had to write down because it's just one of the most poorly delivered lines in recent memory for me, <laughs> which is Tess in the back room, like expecting weather to come out. And, and you know, it's after they saw everything on the camera that was happening. And she's like, come on, we got to we got to escape. We got to get out of here. You know, Kennedy and Tess is like, uh, he's like, he's like the blood. There's so much blood. Oh, yeah. And she's like, come on. And she's like. But the blood, like it was just, it was just like a, it looked like she was lost, lost on that one. But yeah, that one could have used the second or third take. <laughs> um, it was wild. I actually kind of like paused and was like, should I rewind that? Was that like funny enough to rewind? Um, you know, there's this one where like Cody um, breaks uh, another victim's neck while he's like trying to silence him and like pretending that he's dead. Um, it, it was, it, it was okay. I get it. They were trying to set Cody up that he's, he's a real piece of shit. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, but so really at this point, like Cody, Tess and Kennedy and the dad are the only people left that like we know about really, um, at this point, the cult, <laughs> this is a, a, a kind of a bizarre one the way they took care of cell phones in this movie, you know, you know, I feel like in some movies like this, they're just like, it's the eighties. Nobody has cell phones or it's the nineties. This one, the cult has some sort of technology that intercepts cell phone calls. Did they, did they ever actually explain that or does it just happen? Cause it I thought- just kind of happens. Okay. And then Kennedy's like, they, they, they've hacked the cell phones. <laughs> Yeah, with their sweatsuits, like <laughs> because it's not explained. Yeah, because at one point Kennedy very clearly calls nine one one, and then mm-hmm. it routes right to a cultist's phone. I was like, that's not how any of that works. How did they? How did yeah. they pull that off? <laughs> yeah, they have a satellite up up above the uh, above the fucking bowling alley. But yeah, he's like, and and you can tell immediately it's it's a bad guy on the other line because they're like, oh, yeah. where exactly are you? Yeah. You know? And then, and then later they're like, they've hacked the phones. They've locked the door. I think the line is they've locked the doors and they've hacked the phones. <laughs> and you're just like, okay. Yeah, I guess they did. That away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they did. Why does he have, um, it's, it's kind of hard. Like after coming off of why did you have an Uzi? And it's like, yeah, cause it was in yeah. my trunk. <laughs> it was in the trunk. It's, it's a similar, similar, uh, uh, kind of level of acceptance of Kennedy's bowling skills as a child have translated into her ability to kill people with bowl with a bowling ball <laughs> see like, <laughs> now that kind of shit i'm way on board for because like there there's so much this is what i expected this is what i wanted i wanted bowling violence i want bowling powers and like that was yeah. my note is tess and kennedy get cornered by these two guys and Kennedy picks mm-hmm. up a bowling ball and they go, what are you going to do? There's two of us. And she <laughs> she throws the ball and makes the split of bouncing the ball off one of their heads and hitting the other. And I and my note just goes, 
bowling powers activate. <laughs> well, this is the thing. When she did that, I was like, hell yeah, this is going to be great. She's yeah. a fucking bowling ninja. Hell yes. But it never comes back. It never Mm-mm. really comes back. No. Um, I think at one point she maybe is it her or somebody who throws the ball down the no it's her I think it's who her. throws the ball down the lane and like her dad or somebody's like holding someone's head on the lane and but that's like doesn't require extra special bowling skills that's just you rolled the ball down the lane and didn't get a gutter ball right and then somebody put someone's head in the way yeah but the 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 scene you're referring to is it's like that's bowling ninja shit right right yeah so like the what you just mentioned about like this it's a scene where like her dad has a cultist pinned down and they're tussling and she throws a ball and hits him. It's more ninja. I don't know if you ever did this when you were bowling. I'm sure you have being that we've played the same killed, killed a person. No, not killed a person, <laughs> but, <laughs> okay. but uh, since we played the same lanes, you ever know when you hit the gutter too hard and it fucking jumps out into the other lane. Yeah, yeah. If she did something it's like embarrassing. Yeah. But if she did something like that on purpose to get the attacker mm. off her father, that's more bowling yeah. ninja skill. <laughs> that would have been cool. That would have been cool. Or she like puts such a spin on it that it like the pin action is so intense that it shoots a pin out and hits somebody in the head or something. Oh no. A better one. <laughs> she's she's yeah. facing down with a dude on the lane. And she puts yeah, so yeah. much spin on it, but it goes past the guy. And he laughs at her. He goes, ha you missed. But there's so much spin. It comes back and trips him. It that's that's the it. yo-yo. It's the yo-yo ball. Yeah, yeah. She knows right where the, the dry part on the lane is. Mm-hmm. And she can spin it so hard it comes back. Um, so, yeah, the cult leaders keep talking about like this equation. There's a lot of like math terminology, which it, it, it also it all. Uh, ultimately doesn't pay off at all but that's just that's that's the cult mm-hmm. the the cult is a math cult apparently or some sort of math thing going on there yeah they were they were um, trying to do uh, they were trying to not do satanism they were trying to do like um a, a mix between alistair crowley and marshall applegate yeah 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 yeah, so. yeah. they're trying to do yeah everything's a everything's an equation we can solve or whatever right but they're also going to get you know taken up and it's it's ultimately you know, some sort of suicide cult that they're they're um, gearing up to a, a particular moment because there's a countdown. There's like a ticking clock element where they keep saying, oh, we got 45 minutes left. We got five minutes left. You know, um, the dad like reenacting bowling memories in the back room and then like just then realizing what's going on was <laughs> like it started to get it like if it, he could have just passed out drunk like right. that would have been much more believable just drink too much yeah. fall asleep right um but he's in the background like reenacting the moments between him and kennedy in the team bowling championship when she was little or whatever um the dad when he comes out and realizes what's going on and he's like sneaking around is like about as subtle as a fucking heart attack like which i think is part of the gag mm-hmm. but he's just like this is the confusing part. There were 20 cultists there five seconds ago. Right. Now he walks not stealthily. Like he practically, you know, just stomps and rolls his way across the place and sees nobody or nobody sees him. 
Um, so that's what I mean by like the, 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 the world we're in feels empty. Yeah. Although there's supposed to be like 25 people in this bowling alley. Yeah. It's hard because like we know how bowling alleys are laid out and they're usually just really long buildings and you can see from one end to the other, you know, like mm-hmm. it's never, you know, with the exception of like the few bowling alleys we know that have like attacked on bar, rarely mm-hmm. is there another room to go into. So it, yeah. that's why it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, it's, I felt like they wanted to do something where they were setting up like a birthday room type deal where that's yeah. that's where they were putting all the corpses and they're putting it into the birthday room where you know everybody goes right. in and has their birthday party and their pizza. Mm-hmm. But it just I don't know. I don't think they set it up well enough. And no, they, they have a scene there that that is supposed to be kind of establishing that's the plan right because that's where they're taking all the corpses and then they never explain what they're doing but the the general gist that you get is that they're taking all the corpses into this room and then they're just going to hack them up and then i think they're going to do something with the blood or the body parts they're mostly talking about the blood Mm -hmm. and that's going to be part of the ritual that you know takes them to fucking you know jupiter or whatever um because they get Cody back in the birthday room and he's been playing dead. But then right when they're about to like kill him or whatever, he narks to save himself. And he's like, there's there's three other people here and this is their names and blah, 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 blah. But then they just kill him anyway, which is he's like, I can show him where they are. And he's like, nah, he just he just kills yeah. him. Um, the the cult leader we haven't mentioned, his name's Dove. Um, and he is like an older guy. He kind of I can't pinpoint exactly who he reminds me of but I, I i landed on a cross between the guy who says uh inconceivable in the princess bride oh wallace shaw and well yeah and yeah. uh and and hank the 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 uh the the fbi uh uh brother-in-law from uh breaking bad okay like yeah. he's somewhere in between those two um but he looks like somebody else and i just couldn't place him yeah, I definitely see the uh, the Wallace Shaw influence just because he has like a little he has like a little lilt to him. Like he's not mm-hmm. he's not intimidating in the way of like he's a gruff alpha male. He's no a little bald stubby guy, but he has kind of like that charismatic lilt to him that, you know, just kind of yeah. you, you could kind of imagine him enticing wayward teens into a cult but you don't imagine him getting physical ever, which he hardly does in the movie. So he's playing the character well. No, he is. He is. And, and he's definitely delivers the, the most uh, impactful performance. I think he does these like very um, grandiose statements about, you know, uh, the, the master plan and all this types of stuff, but they kill Cody. But again, it's, it's off screens, which is more, which is really like about 90% of the kills from like, you know, the second and third acts, uh basically from the middle of the first act on i feel like mm-hmm. but um there's this whole bit where like i really was hoping this came back around but it didn't and i thought it was going to tie into the cult thing and there was going to be something go buck wild at the end and it just kind of left me hanging but the dad does this whole like bit about how bowling has something to do with like the ancient egyptians and like black magic and <laughs> ancient aliens and 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 that's why all this is happening yeah 
And it, it, I guess it was meant to just come off as like, hey, look, crazy dad. He's kind of a conspiracy nut. Yeah. But it would have been way funnier if that proved to be true. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, because it, again, this is leaning into that silliness of bowling ninja. Mm-hmm. Of like explaining how the ancient Egyptians had a bowling, you know, kind of like background. He's like spilling all kinds of lore. I was like, that, mm-hmm. none of that's true. I don't think. I don't think any of that's true. It all sounds silly, but it's no, no, it doesn't feel like it. It's a thing that you say in movies like this when you want to tie like some sort of destiny, and so like you're you're trying to hype up the destiny of Kennedy to become the ultimate bowling ninja, but like you said, it, yeah, it do, it just doesn't pay off. So I just always wanted this movie to go a step further, mm-hmm. and it and it and it just it doesn't. It kind of ends up just kind of doing the predictable stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a scene that really frustrated me. Um, I get what they were trying to do. They're just trying to find scenes to film here, but they, it was like, uh, Tess, uh, who's, who's the kind of love interest slash friend of, of Kennedy. She's in this, like, it's just like a supply closet kind of thing slash, uh, it's like the supply closet closet slash, um, the dad's like, you know, maintenance office slash workshop type of area and she's just back there and they know that she's in there the cultists and dove is like talking to her through this door and he's like trying to get her to come out and like trying to talk her into hey you know if you come out you know we'll we'll make sure that uh, you and your friend's deaths are quick and painless and all this stuff and then she's like fuck you and then they just smash it down because it's it's a flimsy hollow door. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like literally in five seconds. And it's just like, why did any of that happen? Like there, this this whole thing is very time sensitive. The idea is they're running out of time. Meanwhile, they have this like converse. They just hacked everyone up. And now they're like trying to talk her into coming out. Why she just horse kick the door in literally one second? Like right. they ultimately end up doing um, I mean, I'm nitpicking a little bit, but it was just stuff like that. There, there never, there was never any real feeling of like threat or danger for the main characters. I would say, not particularly, but like this scene isn't very. I don't know. It's it's funny because like this scene that you're talking about is not very strong because it goes against like all its intentions of a ticking clock and just like the door we're supposed to make believe and all that. But then it leads to a really effective scene because Tess escapes through the wall into the bathroom and is hiding Mm -hmm. in the stalls. And you get like this really cool effective shot where you have a cultist checking the stalls and she leans forward to check, like look through the crack of the stall door. Mm -hmm. But then when she leans back, there's a cultist hanging over the top of the, you know, partition looking down on her. And I was like, Oh, that's a really cool shot. Like, I like that. But the road we took to get here, feels silly <laughs> doesn't feel good yeah it's just you know they're they're it, it's it's a little slapped together in that sense i would say but um so what you were waiting for the whole time which was the owner share i think her name was cheryl I, I i wrote it down in my notes but she she's the owner um who was giving uh the dad the pep talk earlier she shows up with a shotgun out of the blue and they do kind of uh talk about that you know there's a there's a Chekhov's gun literally earlier on where she's they're like they go to the 
to the safe and the gun's gone. They was, ah, they must've got it. But, you know, Cher obviously was the one that got it. Um, she blasts some of the, uh, cultists like right as, you know, they're about, they're kind of cornered, but then she dies immediately. Um, again, you know, off screen, uh, unfortunately, but they get, <laughs> this is another kind of, I, I like that they did this, but at the same time, it's like, it was just not particularly well executed. They get bolt cutters. They get to the front door. They cut the chains off the front door. They go outside. There's a couple of cultists waiting outside with bows and arrows, uh, like like compound bows, like hunting bows. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, OK. Kind of wacky. Didn't expect that. Um, the dad had mentioned that he was like he was drunk man child. So he was just grabbing a bunch of dumb stuff like Kennedy was like, we should grab weapons and you know hey bolt cutters to cut the front door you know chains and the dad's like no we need a chainsaw and fireworks and all you know dumb (laughs) stuff because he's like he's like beavis or buddy you know he's just like just the dumbest things uh he he wants to grab and they get outside and they're standing there with bows and dad fires up a roman candle and shoots it at one of the cultists and sets him on fire and they do like a whole burn sequence. Yeah. Um, and and the explanation kind of in the <laughs> background, somebody just mutters is like, oh, I didn't expect those those, uh, you know, tracksuits to be that flammable or something <laughs> like that. Like, Which, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. But I appreciate that they did the burn. But then once the person burns up, they just run back inside the same door that they just escaped out of. And they're like, ah, I can't go out that door. They're like, no, I think you can now. Like, yeah. you just, <laughs> you know what I mean? You just burned that guy. Like, maybe there's one other guy, but it's like, well, now it's one on two. Like, I think you can go out that door. Um, but, but they don't. And, yeah. you know, it, uh, you could say it's because Tess is still inside, but they were going to leave without her five seconds ago. So, right. They were, um, they were going to try to get help otherwise. So, yeah, it, it yeah. feels, yeah, it's one of those things where you, it's like the, it's like the flimsy ass door. You just have to believe, you know, that this is you just have to believe that that's what had to happen because like, yeah, it should have been that they after they set the one guy on fire, they got chased back in by two other guys, you know, who who were armed. But it's literally just one guy burning to death in an empty parking lot. One of them could have left while the other one stayed for tests if they really wanted that. Like it, it, there was no threat for them keeping them there is what it was now so yeah. yeah but it is a um, cool burn and it's also like a really long one because i think they get like three different angles of it as well so they do you do so respect for for throwing that in there um they do have tests the cultists do have tests so so now they do the the old uh the old looney tunes gag of putting on the bad guys uniforms yeah <laughs> where they get them we do not know um one guy just burned up. They didn't use his, but apparently they used ones that got killed earlier. That could have been the case, but they they hop into a couple of uh, occultist uh, costumes pretty quickly, and they just like walk up to to Dove, the the the, the cult leader, um, and they're just like, "Hey, we should uh, uh, not do this." Like they don't have any type of plan or anything, not really. right? And so they go up, and uh, and he wants the dad like he can tell pretty much i think the idea is he can tell immediately that that they're imposters 
he ultimately wants the dad to kill Tess, um, which, you know, spoils their fucking genius plan. <laughs> and then and then he quickly realizes that, you know, he, he's he's not going to do it. And, you know, they're imposters or whatever. And he grabs Kennedy. So he's kind of got like the knife to the throat type situation. The dad's got an axe and he's saying, you got to kill Tess. And then this part um, doesn't make any sense. And, and I understand what they were trying to do because earlier there was this situation where he's trying to fix the, the lanes and like he, he, all he had to do is hit the reset button maybe, but he didn't. But you never really get the idea that the reset button was a part of it early on. But yeah. now he's like, I did what I should. I got to do what I should have done a long time ago, which is hit the reset button. And for those of you who don't bowl, you don't know, like there's a reset button. Like and now modern lanes, like it's all fucking computers, right? So there's a keyboard and you hit this on there. But like it used to be like a reset button. There still is to a certain extent, but that it goes and just resets the lanes. Like it just knocks out all the pins, puts, you know, fresh pins down and somehow hitting that reset button frees them uh, from the little uh, uh, showdown that they're in there. But then they quickly become surrounded by, by all the cultists again. Um, so like, Something happened that was nothing, but then also nothing happened. Then all of a sudden, right when they're like, ah, we're in a helpless situation, everyone's watches go off. All the cultists' watches go off. And one of them just screams, transform! <laughs> and they all kill themselves. <laughs> that part, the, the the nothing to nothing part, again, it's, it's one of those things where like something you feel kind of eh about occurs and it leads yeah. to something really awesome, though. So like this reset, but it didn't even have to happen. Like, I know, that could I know. have just happened right during the previous scene. It could have been that. It, it could have been that thing that freed Kennedy. Yeah, it could have been that was the distraction that got Dove to release Kennedy. So it's just yeah. you know it, again, it's one of those things. It's like this nothing burger of the reset button, you know, leading to this really awesome scene of like transform because it's so hilarious yeah. where they scream transform and then they kill themselves which yeah. this is where you get uh, you get some on screen you know kind of violence of like they're stabbing themselves and cutting their own throats and stuff like that and one guy's just kind of bonking yeah. himself in the head with a baseball bat <laughs> repeatedly which yeah, I, he's I, just I like going it. dobby on himself yeah yeah <laughs> And then there's just like there's way too much dialogue from Dove. Like they could tell like he's the only guy who's like really delivering some intense lines. So they gave him as many fucking lines they could. He he just does monologues uh, after monologues. And that just got boring for me. But he does do a whole nother kind of monologue here. And then the dad is just like, I did. I don't like math. And then just like cuts his head off with an axe <laughs> and his head, as you might imagine, rolls, you know, down the down the, the alley like a bowling ball. And see, this is where the fucking reset button should have come in because it should have been it rolls into the gutter, but gets stuck in the yeah. gutter and he hits the reset button as a symbolic gesture that he's resetting his relationship with his daughter, but also clearing the lane of you know the villain like it's uh it, it's all there the, like it could have been there you could you almost had it but you tripped yeah <laughs> you fouled it you fouled at the line <laughs> well 
Well, it's like it's like there was they shot a lot of things because they were in the script instead of like rewriting things and like moving things around on the fly when they realized they weren't really going to work in practice Mm -hmm. during shooting. They just shot it as it was. And it just wasn't very cohesive in spots. But but uh, but that's that is the end of the movie. Um, Yeah, I mean. I I, I get the feeling you liked it more than I did, (laughs) but I I didn't dislike it. I have this thing where like movies, I see the potential and where I see the vision of what it could have been. I tend to like more. I just like them. What I do. I like what's in my head. It's, yeah. So, but like I, I yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like I could have made this into a, a good movie. Well, I mean, not and I like it that. Yeah, it's not even that I, I could have. It's just like I see where like just three or four more things changed could have made this mm-hmm. film like a huge standout. Yeah, you know, it could have been like yeah. really awesome and really silly and you know big, like a lot of fun. Right now, it, yeah. it's fine. It's you know, it, you can still watch it. It's not going to hurt you. But yeah, no, no, it's 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 fine. Enjoyable. I, I, I wasn't upset that I watched or anything. I would say, you know, the acting, you know, the performances are, I would say, mediocre to bad. <laughs> um, the the there's not you know, if you're if you're coming for for the kills, uh, creative kills or, you know, people getting their heads, you know, put down in the ball return or anything like you're not getting any of that. No, Um the killers, honestly, you know, the, the the aren't scary or even really threatening. And I think that was my biggest concern. Like, I'm a sucker for like, if you could just give me a good bad guy. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. And there really wasn't a good bad guy. Dove was fine, but he wasn't threatening. Yeah. You know what I mean? You never watched him do anything really over the top. Um, but I would say, like, it looks really good. The lighting is great. You know, it's shot well. It's it's pretty to look at. So yeah, yeah. So like, just another one of those notes that we're talking about. Like through the film, you have, um, you you have we had that bowling pin character get killed earlier on, and one of the cold just dresses up as him, right? Yeah. The way you could have improved that to make it like more impactful and more scary is one incorporate it more because you mm-hmm. honestly don't get that character that much. And yeah. two, like find a real like seven foot fucking giant to put in a bowling pin costume. So it looks, it <laughs> looks almost like as if the bowling pin hulked out. So you just have like this yeah. huge pro wrestler or fucking, you know, football lineman walking around as a, you know, and just like, terrifying and intimidating as he like Mm -hmm. you know chops through people but yeah yeah. so but yeah it it it, it, there's a lot of fine stuff um two notes which kind of tie this i mean tie this close to our area but not exactly in our area there's a there's this song that plays throughout the uh movie and it's just Mm -hmm. like it's a bowling polka I'm sure you recognize. Oh yeah, 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 you recognized it as a punk polka immediately, but it's uh, mm-hmm. it's by a band called the Chardon Polka Band. And they're out of Cleveland. Okay. They're out of Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> so makes sense. Yeah, and the, and the other thing is this was filmed in uh, Frederick, Maryland. 
So like, uh, you know, a, a beer drinking town we are, uh, you know, familiar, uh, familiar with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, this, uh, yeah. At first I was like, that makes a lot of sense. I was looking at like in the town, I was like, this looks really recognizable, this right. town. Um, and, uh, you know, in, in really in the, just the opening scene when they're like following that guy, I was like, this looks really, really, um, recognizable. And at first I was like, is this like Philadelphia? Cause it definitely has like an historical town look to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense that it was, that it's Frederick. Yeah. I've uh, spent a lot of time in downtown Frederick, but, um, in any case, yeah, that, that is uh, last night at Terrace Lanes from 2024. Definitely worth checking out. You said, uh, it, you know, it'll probably be streaming, uh, for free somewhere. I, uh, uh, rented it on, on the Amazon prime. Uh, but I'm sure it'll be popping up a number of other places. Uh, but yeah, certainly, certainly worth checking out. Yeah. Um, any, any final thoughts on it? No, that's it. I mean, you know, Hey, it's, it's five bucks for a Friday if that's what you want, but otherwise, you know, you can wait for it. I'm sure it'll hit one of those streaming services soon enough. And when it does, you get yourself uh, an hour and 15 minutes to whittle your life away with (laughs) It's a tight little hour 15. Yeah. Come on. What, what do you ain't got nothing better to do? Um, all right. One last thing I'll remind everyone, because next week we had a fucking showdown and we're doing this fun little uh, tag team movies here. So my tag team, we're doing reminder Stephen King adaptations. Uh, I'm doing Pet Cemetery, obviously the 89 version um, and Gerald's Game from 2017. Steve is going to be doing The Mist from uh, 07 and The Dead Zone from 83. So if you're in the movie or if you're in the mood to watch the movies, you got four of them to watch here. And then also maybe you can go watch. uh, uh, I don't think you're going to be reading that many stories, although uh, a couple of them here are The Dead Zone's a full novel. The Mist is a short story. Pet Cemetery is is, uh, a, a long one. And Gerald's Game, I think, is... Gerald's Game's a full novel as well, too. I never read that is one. Is that a novel or is it a novella? I thought it might be a little bit shorter. No, maybe, maybe it was a novella. Maybe it's a, one of those like 100 pages. Yeah. I don't know. Did not read that one. Um, in any case, uh, maybe you're feeling froggy. Maybe you want to watch them all and read them all. Who the fuck knows? Um, all right. Anything else I'm forgetting? Anything else we need to talk about before we wrap this bitch up? Oh, no, actually, it is a it, it is a larger uh, 330 page book, Gerald's Game. So, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? No, I don't got nothing else. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. All right, boys and ghouls. Well, that being said, uh, for the Halloween is Forever crew, I'm Brian. And I'm 140 average. No, you're not. I am. You fucking liar. I don't know. It's been a while. All right, bye. Bye.